On behalf of the NHL, I want to tell you how thrilled we are to return to the state of hockey. It's obvious we never should have left. Minnesota, welcome back to the NHL. In the state of hockey, we skate the frozen ponds. We live the game. Welcome from the state of Minnesota, the state of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's attendance is 18,815. Our 27th consecutive sellout. Wildwood winning the faceoff here. Here's Spurgeon going to work. Right circle. He scores! Spurgeon scores! Takes a look. Here comes Dumba. Back Dumba off the bench. In front. Scores! And Dumba has won it for the Wild. Hit by Spurgeon. Up comes back the other way. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala puts to the middle. Wait, score! You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. Presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we are powered by 10,000 Takes. My name is Dev, and with me is my just captivatingly attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how are you, buddy? Line every single week. He's got yeah, a man. line. Throws me off. I'm like, okay, what is it? what's the word this week? I think I got it down. And then it's like, whoa. There's another vocabulary word that I think I know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't spend my time on uh, adverbs.com right before the yeah. uh, we start recording. <laughs> right. Since we last talked, we, uh, we've gotten to the part where a series in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is finished. Um, we'll, we'll touch on that one more in a second, but the playoffs have been really good. We have yep. two excellent series uh one of which we'll talk more in depth with our guest and uh and then of course the the vegas and colorado series has been just yeah. tremendous to shoot out that one yeah two and offensive I mean, juggernauts right there i mean <laughs> those are two those are the two teams that should be meeting in the conference finals this year if we are in a normal year right I mean, it, it's those are the two best teams in the west and it's kind of a shame not they got close play. And it's kind of a shame because, I mean, that Wild versus Vegas series would have been a great second-round matchup, too. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what it would have been in a normal season. But, you know, you got to play with what you got. That uh, The Honda West division, where everyone, as much as everyone shits on the bottom half, that top four, pretty Top solid. four was solid. Yeah, pretty solid. I think the Wild compete with any of those, uh, not any of the remaining teams, but they, they could compete with most of these teams left in the playoffs, which is new for Minnesota fans. Yeah. When our teams get eliminated, we're like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we that's probably couldn't right. skate or probably couldn't play with any of these guys, so it's probably good we bowed out when we did. Right. Yeah, I mean, this series has been great. It's, it's amazingly so, – so Colorado puts up a touchdown in the first game, yep. and then with, like, some point between in either the second or the third period of game two, Vegas decided, oh, you know what we should do? Not let the – McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog line have open space. We should just, yeah. we should just yeah. not let them do that. Like great, great strategy by Pete DeBoer because it's working. Um, well, it's such an, I don't want to say easy because that line is not, it's simple. not an easy line to it's shut definitely down. Not easy, but it, but it is, is a simple. simple game plan. Shut 
found Colorado's number one line, and they're mortal. I, I every single postseason, everyone's hope this juggernaut. The past at least two postseasons. Look at this juggernaut team. Look at how good they are. Look at how good McCarr is. Look at how good McKinnon is. Look at how good Rantman is. I'm like, okay. When you shut them down, who do you got? I mean, sure, you got some pretty solid back end guys, but they're not McKinnon. No, that blue line is elite, no matter what. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I agree. Their forward, their forward depth is solid. Yeah, I mean, there are some good names. Brendan Sod, I yeah. take him on my team. I mean, everyone hates on Kadri because he's a prick, but he's, he's a solid hockey player. He's a cheap little fucking, but yeah, he's a good hockey player. Um, they they do have some depth on that team, but I think teams are figuring it out shut down the top line and they are as you put in our text earlier this week they're mortal they're not uh <laughs> after game one how many people did you see oh, wow series over get, Col- colorado over. and get, three get, I, I, was I, did it too. I, I was at softball and uh adam banks our videographer he's sitting there he's like yeah colorado and four and i'm just like don't see it man i, I mean vegas is too good they're too and flurry's too good dude i mean flurry's been crazy. awesome oh. I I mean I I tweeted out after the wild loss I I self tweeted mm-hmm. abs and four and you know I was emotional and upset and I don't I don't think that I don't think that I actually thought that but then the first game happened I went oh shit abs yeah. really are gonna go in four and well, then game yeah. two was phenomenal and yep. Colorado gets bailed out by a very they stole it very stole questionable it. very questionable call in in, in overtime. Mm-hmm. And then three and four, Colorado's look good at times, and Vegas has just dominated. And for my money, if I'm betting on a series winner, tonight's winner wins the series. And that's I think that's just, a safe bet. That's, that's just how I feel. I mean, yeah, sure, you can say it a lot of series, but unless you're Toronto, and you get that three-two <laughs> lead, you get that three-one lead. Well, in oh, fairness, yeah, Toronto, thought, Toronto we, didn't. We, I thought we were done. I'm sorry. Sorry, Leafs fans, we're sorry. Just, um. How pathetic. Oh my God. I just look at that. I'm like, these Leafs fans got to be sitting here just like, all we had to do is win the last one and we would play this team. The oh, Jets. God. I'm so sorry, guys. It just so comes horrible, out. It just comes naturally. Jets. And yes, I'm slandering the Jets. You guys are not good. I'm sorry. Well, so <laughs> I that's. I don't know who needs to hear it, but. Yeah. So good. let's, 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 um, let's, let's move on a little bit because we do have some North Division slander to go to. Yeah. Um, we can touch on the central division series. It's just, it's been solid. Canes versus lightning has gone kind of the way we all expected it to go. Hurricanes put up a really good fight and the lightning just being superhuman. Tampa um, is everything Colorado wants to be. That's a good <laughs> In way to my put opinion, it. they are uh, Tampa. They're the favorite right now for me. They are just they're so good. With, they got an awesome goaltending, an insane first line, insane second line, very good bottom six depth. Not to mention an incredible top four. Their weakness yeah. is their third pairing defense score, which like they can hide them for eight minutes a night. Yes, I agreed. I mean, we saw Pat, well, Patrick Nurse, Darnell Nurse play what sixty seventy minutes, three something minutes. Like that. Some, I mean, yeah. it, the third pair got eight ten minutes of ice time, I believe, that game, and they played eight periods of hockey. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you can definitely hide them. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tampa unreal. is my favorite right now. I think they're probably gonna take the cup this year, but Vegas will have something to say. Colorado will have something to say. But yeah, it's all who. It's really shitty that we have Montreal playing in this kind of series. 
so here's the thing. I actually, I'm not going to say I completely disagree with you because I don't think that Montreal is as good as any of the other presumed favorites to come out of, uh, come out of the divisions. I think Montreal is probably the worst team left, which right now is Bruins, Islanders, Lightning, Vegas Avs. I think they're probably the worst. I think they're, they, I think they're like definitely the seventh team there, but yes. I don't think the gap is as big as maybe you do. I don't know. I feel like Carey Price isn't on that team. <laughs> They'd be in some serious. I don't know, man. I just don't. I watch their game and I'm just like, I, I'm not impressed. I don't. It's not exciting Tyler hockey. Foley's a good player. Cole Caulfield is a good young player. We'll see how he develops. I mean, he's. That's all. How much could you ask for out of a rookie? He's been great. That pass he made last night, phenomenal. For lack of a better word, all the crazy shit that Cole Caulfield's been doing in the playoffs. Yep. I have seen so many people who are on the who are on Boldy Watch, and don't get me wrong, like I was on Boldy Watch too. I was into the idea of him coming in, not for seven, but for five or six. I was into the idea. Oh. Caulfield doing so well, especially because, you know, everybody's whole thing with him was he's so diminutive that that was basically the big thing is if his game would translate uh, just because of the size and the speed difference. And it has. So Boldy doesn't really have that problem. Right. And yet wild Twitter is a flutter with idiots out walking around being all herder der. Why do we take, Matthew Boldy and over Cole, yeah. Cole Caulfield. And I just, before I don't get Boldy it. even plays a game. It's right. before Boldy's even made his NHL debut. I don't think they realize um, the Wild didn't really need him in that playoff series. I mean, I don't know who needs to hear this. I was more mad that Parisi wasn't playing. <laughs> We're going to be 100% honest with the yeah. three games. That pisses me off more than Matthew Boldy not getting into the playoff series. It, I think Bill Guerin, who the GM of the Minnesota Wild, did an awesome job building this team, building his vision, and all this other thing. But um, who, are you, who are you pulling out of the lineup? And people are going to say, oh, Victor, he's not a center, dude. You're not going to throw him in in a position that he's not, you know, not comfortable in. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, and to the, to the point of they're, they're crowning Caulfield. Oh, look at this guy. Look, this is the pick we should have made. I'm going to say it, and I might get shredded for it. Uh, the North Division is by far the worst division in hockey, and I don't care. You can come at me with any any hate, any any venom. If you disagree with me, please show me a – it's the worst division in hockey, dude. It's the playoff series, not competitive. The Leafs blew a 3-1 lead to arguably the worst team left in the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> I'm just not impressed with the North Division at all. The time, I, I, None of those teams to me – were a cup favorite. Even the Leafs, after they lost uh, Tavares, game over. Man. It, they weren't winning a cup. They weren't going to compete with any of those teams like Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, Carolina even. Yeah. And I think in a regular season, next year, Canadian teams are going to get a little bit exposed. Because I don't think there's – none of them really impressed me that much. The Jets, what the hell? I was watching that series. I was like, this team – they swept Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. They swept you guys. I mean, how did? Yeah. That... And then they got embarrassed number. and My laughed number. off. They got laughed yes. off the ice. And, and... Laughed off the ice. 
And I say that, that say as a person who is pulling for the Jets in that series. Yeah. Is, is, is a tough, tough. What about Edmonton, though? Dude, seriously, you got to look at Edmonton's got some serious, uh, they, they got some serious issues they got to work out. There. They got to find some defensive uh, help. And they need to find some bottom six guys who don't. Tyler, for Christ's sakes, is playing on that team. Is he not? Or am I completely out of the. Out no, of the no, I'm with you. We've got Tyler Ennis in the middle six, and it's like, hey, man. Like, oh, my God. He's, he, it's a joke. That, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Canadians. You guys love hockey up there, but you're, that division's a fucking joke. <laughs> in a regular season, I don't think four <laughs> of those teams make the playoffs. Dude. Oh, now, God, no. I'm just no, going to no, no. come out and say it. So, no. I mean, and, here. And don't, don't think Montreal's going into this next round of winning either because they're not. They're going to get absolutely throttled by either Vegas or Colorado. Whichever team they play, they're getting laughed off the ice. So, what do you? Uh, okay, so let's let's make a fun, friendly little wager. How many Canadian teams make the playoffs next year when the divisions go back to normal? Well, the divisions I think are going. Uh, I believe the Central is actually going to be Arizona. Right, the Central is going to be uh, adding Colorado, Arizona, Dallas, Chicago, Nashville. Soda. Yeah, only the Alaska. Jets for us. Oh yeah, and the Jets. Um, yeah, they make in the playoffs in that division. <laughs> Sorry. No. Nope. Um, Jets so, no, Ottawa no, Montreal. See it, but uh, you look at the East. Holy Christ! A lot of teams over there. Yeah. And that's why I'm leaning. I'm like, I don't know. I I got seven teams up there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Canucks. Fuck no. Hell no. I don't know what the <laughs> hell happened to them. Um, I think saying two is gracious. I think saying two is like uh, getting a little big for my britch saying two there. But, uh, so you're thinking Leafs I and think Habs or Leafs and Oilers? See, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, the Oilers, realistically, they're a good regular season team. So you got to think in the Pacific, which is very weak. Very, very weak division. Um, Unless Seattle yeah. surprises everybody and becomes yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't think it's going to be another experience. The NHL can't have that again, can they? <laughs> you go in the distance. Crazy. I'm going to say two, and that's being gracious. I'll I'd take. Say I'll take the only lock. I'll take three, but I don't feel great about it. I'm mostly just doing it because you took two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, three wouldn't surprise me, but like you said, I can only see. I can see the Leafs only making it. Literally. Yeah, there's I can there's a world where that happens. Yeah, and there's also I mean there's a world where the Leafs don't make it because they right. blow everything up this offseason. Well, no, it's and, not the playoffs though, Devin. Don't get me wrong. It's I not think, the playoffs. Though. <laughs> it's the regular season, man. I so, think the Leafs are good. I'm just saying that there's there's a world where they say fuck it and they blow everything up and they start over. I'm thinking John Tavares this way if they're up. Uh, yeah, that's you know that's what's happening. <laughs> friendly <laughs> yeah um no i mean i think yeah we'll we'll get into it because the i mean they're gonna have to deal with a much a, a very different division that's gonna have yeah. you know teams like the bruins and uh the penguins and the islanders they're all gonna be you know those are they're gonna be the teams they're playing again um which is gonna be how i'm gonna choose to segue this uh because speaking of the bruins our guest today is Andrew Taverna, who is a big Bruins guy. He is going to break down with us 
the ridiculous series between the Bruins and the Islanders that has been, for my money, probably the best series in the playoffs so far. You can make the argument against Vegas and Avs, but it's been it's been a well, damn evenly good matched. I'd agree for sure. Um, and so Andrew's going to help help us, and he's going to break that down uh, with us, as well as uh, explain his way of how we should hold the officials accountable. The NHL fans and hockey fans don't agree on much, but we can all agree that officiating is a goddamn joke right now. So without further ado, Andrew Taverna. Our next guest is a cigar and whiskey aficionado, a lover of the outdoors, a host of one Bruins podcast and a writer for another, and by all accounts seems to be a great father. Please welcome on to the Wild Takes podcast, Andrew Taverna. Andrew, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you holding up after uh, one hell of a game five? Hey, I am uh, doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I wish that game five had gone a little bit better, um, but it certainly was... And has been an entertaining series. Dollars for Donuts, it might be the best series of the second round. And that's with a very good Vegas-Colorado series happening as well. Yeah, no, that's that has been an impressive series. And I mean, as a, as a hockey fan, right? Not just a Bruins fan, but as a hockey fan, the playoffs this year have been, have been pretty, pretty damn good. Even considering you've got a team like Montreal that I will admit to having tweeted on several occasions that I did not believe they should be in the playoffs at all, uh, let alone making it as far as they're going to have made it. Uh, as I'm sitting here wondering what happened to my beautiful Bruins on that 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 night last night, where they started the first ten minutes looking like they could, you know, win a cup, and finished the last ten minutes looking like they were going to cry into a cup. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that first period that was rough. I mean, to come out of there tied. And not being up one nothing, that that just it's got to be a momentum just crusher for the Bruins last night. They've outplayed, they played very well in that first period. And you look at the scoreboard, you're like, yeah, you're just blown away. That. Oh, uh, and I forget if it was if Barzal had the first the first time goal or the second goal, but I just remember seeing that and being like, how in the hell is this game tied right now? Like yeah. the Bruins have outplayed. Varlamov played excellent. I, you know, we've, we've had, uh, we've had spoke Z on the podcast before to give us a little bit of a little bit of an insight as to the uh, we'll call it special relationship between Boston media slash fans and Tuka Rask. Um, <laughs> so I, that's kind of where I want to start is Tuka doesn't come out for the third period. And I didn't think he was playing particularly poorly. Um, and then it, you know, uh, Cassidy says after the game that he wasn't pulled for performance reason, but he was pulled because he was not at hundred percent. He had tweaked something, but he'll probably play in game six. Uh, Where where do you stand on this whole rivalry? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so here, here's the deal with Tuka Rask. I'll, I'll go on record of saying this. I've publicly said it before. I think um, I've caused myself many great enemies doing this, but Tuka Rask is an elite goaltender. And anybody who tells you otherwise should go find something else to do with their time because <laughs> they're absolutely full of themselves. But um, here's the deal. Rask, even before game five, uh, there was a lot of rumors going around kind of within the Bruins media circle, a little bit of ra- random folks hearing the same thing as well. But the Bruins certainly were letting it slip, let it leave the organization that Tuca wasn't 100%. 
Now it's been a nagging injury for quite a while. So when they say he's not 100%, I don't necessarily buy into that narrative. That said, according to certain sources, they believe that Rask was asked last night if he wanted to play or not with the injury, thinking the team, the, the medical staff on the team had advised him he may be better off resting a game. So if you read into that situation a little bit further, the concept that strikes me is that Rask has earned the right to say whether or not he's going to play a game even with a nagging injury. They got into that second intermission. He required a little bit of treatment, which Cassidy admitted in his, in his post-game presser. And they likely said to him, hey, we've given you the first two periods. You let in four goals on 16 shots. Not your fault necessarily. The decor was absolutely atrocious in front of you. But we're going to put Swayman in for the third and didn't necessarily give him that option leaving the third. Now, a lot of that is speculation, but if you read into exactly what Cassidy said, he used the term we, which didn't indicate to me that Rask alone had said, I want to come out of this game. But it doesn't also tell me it was only performance-based. So something's going on with him that makes me think the fact that they've listed him as questionable for next game, that is really a questionable decision right now. And if so it's Swayman, not like the it's not like the old Tom Brady where he's listed as questionable every single exactly. week and you just knew oh. that he was going to show up and play. Exactly. It is a real it is a real potential nagging injury. That said, if I hear one more Boston fan say they want to see Swayman over Rask in an elimination game, I'm going to drive over and beat them with a beer. Like not even a good beer. Like I'm going to use a Coors Light or something and just like (laughs) constantly whack them over the head with it so that they get the point that you don't take out somebody with an elite career to put in the rookie who's never played in a playoff game. Right. I agree with that. And to your point, they did not do him any help right in front of him. It was, I look at almost all four of the goals he let in. I was like, what what do you want him to do? (laughs) You want him to become Superman and dive across the and stop it with this especially if he's got a nagging injury you know what I mean it's just it's unrealistic you got to play some defense in front of the guy for Christ's sake well and block a shot like like two of those goals two of those goals went in top corner you're telling me that nobody with a shot that's from let's say even 10 feet out nobody can slide in front of that and say hey I'm going to take this off the upper body before it beats him high shoulder like, I mean, they clearly were going glove side, high shoulder, because they, whatever intel they have as a team says, that's where to fire the puck, because yeah, Rask can't stop it. Yeah. Last night, <laughs> that seemed to be true, right? Yeah. That that stand-up motion he does wasn't working for him last night, which I know yeah. drives a lot of Bruins fans nuts anyways, because you're like, if you have that glove there, why are you not just why lifting not just- the glove? Yeah. But it... It's he his just style. Want and... to be confused with Mark Andre Fleury. Well, That's... right, right. <laughs> well, they, they, they might need to watch some uh, Vegas and Minnesota games. Those those are two teams that just sell out and block every single shot. That'd be yeah. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you got to frustrate the other team. You got to get in those shot lanes. You just can't let them keep rifling them through. You know, it it was tough it's last night part. for sure. But like I did not pin... hockey, especially. You got to get in front of some shots. Yeah, exactly. And it was tough last night, but I do not pin that game on Rask, just to be very no. clear about no. that, right? No, there's, hey, there's... Boston looked very good the final 
period as well. I mean, scoring those two to pull it back within a – when the goalie was pulled, I wasn't too impressed. They no, and I, I'll say, too – 20 seconds, I, they finally put some pressure on this. Right, and I'll say, too, I thought that – I thought Swayman did great. Um, yeah. yeah. He only, Swayman uh, was fine. Yeah, I, I yeah, I shouldn't – Maybe great is a little bit too strong of a word, yeah, but for that goal was that his early. debut or did he did he play in one of the games in the the first series? That was that was his playoff debut. Yeah, no, I mean, cool. not he, a bad debut at all. He he looked great, honestly. So I'm a big Swayman fan. So folks that you know read my articles, listen to my podcast, like I have been clowning around on the fact that I love the man. I have a a wicked man crush on Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> I'm a hockey East fan in terms of my college hockey. Okay. There so you go. he's yeah. a hockey East product, right? Um, it's one of the good things about living in new England. We've got a lot of, a lot of yeah. college hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan. That still doesn't mean you want to see him over Tuka Rask in the playoffs in no, an elimination God, no. game. Yeah. I don't get the Tuka, the Tuka Rask hatred just blows me away. You go, I, you, know, you click on Twitter, they have the the games, and you can read all the tweets from the fans, you know, and they put the hashtags on there. And I just see all this Tuca hate. I'm like, are these what, where's this, where this coming from? This guy's a good goalie. I don't understand it. And yeah. I, there's 20, 29, 30 other teams I'm sure would love to have him as their starting goalie. Yeah, I mean, no, 100%. He's a great goalie. 100%. Um, so the other uh, hot button – issue of that series of the series and that game in particular uh has been the officiating and that is actually the reason that i wanted to have you on the podcast uh not just because we love your bruins takes knowledge but you had andrew an idea that i thought was absolutely brilliant about forcing accountability on the officiating uh via social media I'll, I'll let you kind of explain the details and everything, but the, the pitch for it, I thought was basically to have an account that would go after each game of the regular, you know, each, each couple of games of the regular season and highlight a blown call and say some sarcastic remark. Like we have fined the officials for this blown call. Uh, we have fined them $5,000, which is the maximum amount allowable under the current CBA, you know, or some goofy <laughs> troll, whatever. Um, please tell us, tell us a little bit more about this idea that is very much in its infancy. Like you literally tweeted it out like eight hours ago and I was like, come on the podcast. Yeah, no. So I, I tweeted that about eight hours ago. I will tell you, uh, I have already, uh, created a Twitter account, which I won't announce just yet, but I would appreciate a retweet when it's ready. Most uh, definitely. I am a web guy by trade. So my plan uh, and I'm actually very serious at this point, eight hours from this tweet that I'm going to do this for next year. But my plan is that you will be able to basically take and submit uh, a a video or even just a link to something where I can go check out a blown call in your team's favorite, you know, uh, game. And I will take that blown call and I will determine if both, both refs saw it or one ref saw it and assign a $5,000 fine uh, in air quotes to those officials. And then I will total for folks in a live counter, how much it would cost the NHL officials for every blown call they've had in the year. Now I would have loved to do it this year because the NHL has been absolutely awful with officiating. And I do hope they do something to actually address that this off season. 
but I can promise you as somebody who's a fairly avid sports better, it's probably not going to happen. No, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, not something they, that I would anticipate. They were, they've been, they've been just very, very, very awful. There's a call in the, the Montreal series versus Toronto where you had two reps and the camera angle is amazing. Cause you can see both of these reps staring at the play and Austin Matthews gets destroyed without the puck on a stick. Nobody around him just gets destroyed. And they're just like, all right. And that's a star in the league. You're not going to protect your star players. You're not going to fucking call a penalty at all. It's been ridiculous. This postseason has really, uh, it's really shown how bad the NHL officiating them all season. Really, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten any better. It just keeps getting and, worse. And you know, the idea actually came because I had tweeted something about you know we should start a. I think it was like a GoFundMe. We should start a GoFundMe for Tim Peel. Uh, the official that oh got a, that got that got fired because he said the quiet part loud, right? right? I mean, he got caught on a hot mic saying that he was basically calling a makeup call and then got fired by the NHL. What the NHL didn't think through is that that was going to have the exact opposite effect on the game, right? So instead of a game being balanced with a makeup call, right, the game mm-hmm. instead now is called entirely lopsided because the ref doesn't feel like he can call a makeup call or he's going to get, you know, get Tim peeled. Yeah, exactly. For the same thing. So all the NHL has done is taken the power out of the official's hand. And on top of that, when they're making bad calls, I mean, I'm telling you at $5,000 a piece, I bet you my counter next year crosses the million dollar mark. It would cross the I league. Mean, absolutely. I'll take that over. Absolutely. Right. Like it, it will, it will be bad, but I think it would publicly start to acknowledge the issue in a way that you can't deny it. Right. You want to, you want to find somebody $5,000 for elbowing somebody else in the head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Find the official five grand every time he misses or blows a call. Let's see what happens. Well, well that's the thing. They, they're, they're, they're finding people after the fact on plays that don't even get called penalties on the ice. And you're like, are you, how is yeah. that a $5,000 fine? You're not even calling the penalty on the ice. The NHL is like acknowledging, well, that was a blown call, but we're just going to find him. And find the official. Yeah, no, I <laughs> he agree. This is the call. Find both of them. Not, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Too, right. But still, what the hell? So, so I'm, I'm obviously, as everybody knows, I'm the big uh, Carolina guy. Cause that's, you know, that's where I live. And I noticed, I mean, I noticed, uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but I noticed right away that like all of the Carolina people, when when Cassidy's comments started popping off about uh, how the refs just kind of took control and, and everything, I noticed right away that the first thing that people were noticing was that this is the exact same officiating team that Rod Brindamore got fined $25,000 for a year ago for criticizing. So like, figure it out, guys. Like I understand letting them go out there and fuck up games. I don't understand it. (laughs) Listen, officiating is hard as shit. I get it. Hockey is a difficult sport. It's fast as hell. You're on ice. It's so fucking fast. There's hundreds and hundreds of pages of the rule book. You are paid professionals. Please, for the love of God, figure it out. Or at the very least, just like whatever you decide that the rules are for the game, just be consistent. That's yes. all I ask. Yeah. And that's the, that's the word they're missing right now, right? Consistency. Yep. I don't care if you call the game one way or call the game another way. That's, 
That's your business as the official, but call the game consistently and set the tone. I mean, if you watch that Bruins game last night, some of the things they called slashing, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're calling that a slap. I mean, that's a stick check actually, which is actually well within the confines of the rules of the sport. And in fact, I want my players doing so like, right. I, it's just, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, do it consistently. That's all I ask. Yeah, right. that, that was a big issue in the Minnesota Vegas series. Obviously, us Wild fans, we pay a little more attention to that. Series. But there was a, they, they, it was game one or two, I believe. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is getting just pounded in the corner with cross checks. Kaprizov gets the numbers. Cross checked in the call, they three times in a row. On Susie, a play where his stick is it's it's crumbling in his hand because he blocked the shot or something. And he's dropping his stick, and they call a cross check on it. I'm like, uh, where, where's the cross check? Or in game seven, one of the biggest tide turns of that game, Nick Bukestead gets fucking cross check in the mouth. His mouth is bleeding everywhere, and you see all three refs staring at it in the slot. I'm like, holy shit. You're not and they all, all, they all just go. Cross check. I mean, there's a four minute fucking double minor right there to end the second period. It's a huge tide turn. You got to make the call, especially if they're that simple. Right. Stick. The face, what? Right. I mean, put your hand up. I don't understand why you're just looking at it. Like, okay. I forget okay. who it yeah. was that made. I forget who it was that made the joke last night. Might have been Dom. Um, but somebody made the joke that the the calls were so bad, but last night that the Bruins couldn't even get a puck over the net call or a puck over the <laughs> well, glass call. Well, well seriously. Yeah, they, oh my God, that was. So. Yeah. And then they the, called one on the Islanders on the other side. They're like, "Oh, we got power play." Like. Oh, yeah, oh, and like Bergeron okay. too, and I was like, "Come on!" So Paul Mary was standing there after uh, after he high stick. Uh, I believe it was Smith, Craig Smith. He high sticked mm-hmm. him. He's standing there, fully expecting the whistle to blow, and he's going to be off the ice for a penalty. And he's like, "Look around, like, oh, okay." He starts right, skating down the ice. He's like, "Sweet, <laughs> all right, we get to play on still." So what's going on, Andrew? I have Andrew, a quick question. I have a quick question for you because um, obviously your idea is still very much in its infancy. Um, are you familiar with the baseball umpire scorecards? Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with it. Not super familiar. My main sport's definitely hockey, but yeah, same here. Um, but just so for, for anybody that may or may not be aware of it, basically it takes, they take every single pitch that a ref calls or that an ump calls in baseball. And they basically, they have like a created strike zone based off of what the ref or the ump, I keep calling them ref, whatever. Uh, they have the created strike zone versus like what the actual strike zone should have been. And they give the officials a grade, uh, basically on a scale of one to a hundred for both their actual accuracy in terms of if they got this one correct or not. And then also their consistency. So if they called, if they called what, uh, a pitch that was high and to the right or high and inside, if they called that a ball do they call it a ball the whole game? And um, so they're, they're graded on basically accuracy and then consistency. Is that something that uh, it's not exactly a translatable thing for hockey, but is that something that you as a, as a big web guy are able to potentially incorporate or do some sort, something similar to that? Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the problem will end up being right. That it's, it's fairly subjective, right? It's not mm-hmm. analytical to that extent. The one thing I do want to make sure that I kind of accomplish 
with this with this idea if i can if i can get it ready for next season is it can't just be what would it cost the nhl as a whole i think that'll be an interesting number but i think being able to filter it by essentially the ref right so is it you know four or five guys because i'll tell you right now my gut will tell me that kelly sutherland is one of the biggest issues in the league um is it is it one or you know 10 guys or is it all of them right are they all horribly inconsistent and the more data points i can get into the the system obviously the easier it will be to start to turn that more analytical but you know hopefully hopefully it picks up steam and and folks want to use it because i think it'd be really interesting at the end of an nhl season to see how bad the situation really is because if you ask most hockey fans right now i think they'd tell you it's it's at the point where it's pretty serious for the NHL. Yeah, agreed. Um, the only thing you got to worry about is if it gets too analytical, how long will it take before Pierre Maguire starts trashing it on TV? Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, we that's thank you very much for, for your time. Um, before you go, we always, uh, always end our time with our guests with one final question. Andrew, what's your wild take? All right, so my wild take is going to be that I think after three blown calls, the league should get rid of an official. I know they would never have enough officials to make it through the season, but I think after three blown calls, you've proven you can't do the damn job anymore. Now, how bad? How yeah. bad does a blown call yeah, have egregiously, to be? Egregiously, we're talking like egregious. Let's let's talk bad. egregious. Let's use the Krejci example the other night. Yeah. Okay, he gets cross-checked in the back four times, four times. Turns around and don't get me wrong, spears the guy in the nuts. Like I'm not gonna lie to you and say he didn't do it, but he got cross-checked four times, and you called one of those and not the other. That that sir, that should go after your job. Holy shit, that is exciting. Will definitely <laughs> never happen. You're you're rivaling rivaling the word uh, rivaling. Last week's wild take. That was a <laughs> that was a spicy one. I, I like it. Love it. Awesome. I promised yeah. you I'd go nuts. I just, you sure you know, did. <laughs> and yeah. Brother, you pitch. delivered. Gotta be a wild thing. And <laughs> for that, we appreciate you. Andrew, before you head out, please plug away, tell people where they can find you. Um, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Taverna. Uh, you know, I have a, a podcast, Pucklines Podcast. It's at Pucklines Pod. Uh, it's a Bruins news slash betting podcast so we do uh betting around the nhl uh towards the end of the show so if you know you ever want to bet on the minnesota wild we'll occasionally give a take on that uh and then i write for blackandgoldhockey.com i try and do about an article a week sometimes less uh but i (laughs) always wish i was doing more so that's it amen brother thanks for coming on buddy appreciate you thank you Big thanks to Andrew for hopping on the Wild Takes podcast. Really appreciate his time. And I mean, holy shit, I love the idea of a three strikes and you're out penalty for, for the officials. Love it. That's so, that's so fun. It get, puts some serious skin in the game. Obviously, it has to only be for like really blatant missed calls. Yeah, I think egregious. Like yeah, very, very something that would have been like a major or at least a double minor, probably. Man, if that's not an exciting way to potentially force change. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's something that sounds very exciting to me. On the topic of change and, and moving forward, 
we finally have some good news from our best friend in Austria. Marco Rossi is back on the ice. He was finally able, so he started working out from, he, he finally recovered from COVID a couple of weeks ago and he started working out uh, about two weeks ago. And this past Saturday, as I'm sure you saw by now, if you're listening to this podcast, he finally was able to skate around on the ice, get a couple of shots off. Um, his dad posted the video and there's something about seeing anybody, but especially a young kid like that, just have pure unadulterated joy on their face mm-hmm. and gratitude too. Obviously everything yeah. that he went through is terrifying and, and we're so, so grateful and happy that he recovered uh, fully because that's so much bigger than hockey the look on his face of just excitement and gratitude and happiness. I mean, if that doesn't make your heart just start pumping and your tears well up, your eyes well up a little bit, I don't think you have a heart, man. Yeah. That huge smile he had after uh, he went bar, bar Mexico as a friend and <laughs> spoke Z likes to say, I mean, it, it was amazing, dude. Just seeing him work on those little edges and just taking shots on the net and wearing Wild green breezers, yeah. Or, you know, a nice little practice tree. It was awesome, dude. It was it was great to see, and I'm super excited to see this guy come over. And uh, really excited to see what he can do because he looks like a big, strong kid on the ice. I'll tell you that much for being all of about what five nine. Yeah, man, uh, he plays bigger than here. he is for sure. He, he, they call him the quad god for a reason. I'm telling you, man. Right. Saquon Barkley better watch out because right. old boy's got some tree trucks for legs. He's going to yeah, work man. on it. He's going to give uh, NHL defensemen all they can bargain for next year. I can promise you that. Hey, fucking men. Well, we're going to call it on that. We just wanted to end on some good news. But as always, we're going to end the same way that we end every show. Zooch, what's your wild take, buddy? All right. I got to see the last two. We've had some spicy, spicy wild. I know. We got to yeah, step I'm our game up. The Minnesota Wild for, I think, the first time in France, obviously the first time in France history, are going to have back-to-back Calder winners. Ooh. And I think either Kaprizov, clearly, he, he, if he doesn't win it this year, <laughs> there's, there's something wrong. And he, it's a joke if he doesn't win it this year. But he's going to, so we don't have to worry about that, Minnesota fans. But um, next year, either Rossi or Boldy are going to bring it home, too. I think we're going to have back-to-back Calder winners. And in a couple of years, the Minnesota Wild team is going to look very similar to what Colorado and Vegas is going to have an absolute juggernaut offensive unit with uh, with a solid back end because they're going to have some solid defensive prospects coming up. So that is my wild take. Back to back Calder. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> enough rookies next year being at Caden, Caden Addison. Caden Addison. Yeah. Caden Addison? Okay. Kalen. Kalen Addison being it Kalen Addison or Foldy or Rossi or whoever whoever else comes up being a Beckman. I mean, hey man, yeah, Beckman, so Connor Dewar might win the Calder Connor next year. Connor Dewar, dude. I mean, like, there's so many names. They got so many prospects. It's it's an amazing time to be a Wild fan, in my opinion. I they agree. The future future is incredibly bright. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I guess that leaves me and my Wild take. Yes. Let's do it. So my wild take is actually that the Habs are going – I'm not going to say that they're going to win, but I think that the Habs are going to make it a series with whoever they have to play between Vegas and Colorado. 
I think that Carey Price is playing well enough that he can steal a game or two. The Habs, ever since they've won seven in a row, um, that is the longest winning streak in this playoffs. Um, They completely dominated the Jets on ice. Uh, I think the, like, expected goal share was the highest in a series that in like 10 years I think that's what what I had read yeah it was so like the New York Jets out there yeah (laughs) so I think that I don't think they're gonna win but I do think that Montreal is going to take advantage of a beat up Vegas or Colorado team in the next round and I think that they're going to give it their all and I think that the, if that series goes less than six, I will be stunned. I'll be stunned if it goes more than five. So I'm glad we're on, we're, at, we're finally on opposite sides of the <laughs> This is great. I'd be shocked if they made it. Unless Carrie, like you said, stands on his knee has got to be like a magician. He's going to have to stand on his head. Because well, don't get me man. wrong. I do, I, I do think that both the teams in the West are noticeably better. I just think I that see, if they get color, I think Vegas, yeah. if it, if they get Vegas, I think that, that Vegas is a much easier team to maneuver, but I don't think they can shut down Colorado's top nine. I, I just don't see a line on that team that can stop them. I mean, they're, they're insane. Yeah. If Vegas has got, Vegas has got depth top to bottom, you know? So, I mean, that, that's a team that can compete with Colorado, but if Colorado gets through, they're going to the cup final. Easy. They're not going to stress it either. In Tampa, oh my God, that'd be such a shootout. Colorado Tampa Cup. Yeah, final. I think everybody. <laughs> I think everybody in the world wants to see a Colorado Tampa Cup final this year, just to see how ridiculous and beautiful like. that <laughs> those playoff uh, those power plays can be. Oh my God, dude, that's been insane. Those two power plays are just automatic. Yeah, it's unreal. See that that's that's one of the issues I was going to have with the Wild. You would have got through. We were taking some pretty dumb penalties against Vegas. Yep. And they would have abused us on the power play. It would have not have been good no. at all. No, it would have been, it would have been an absolute drubbing. So, yeah, those are our wild takes. And now we're looking forward to hearing what yours are. Feel free to reach out and let us know if you think our takes are stupid. If you have a better one, we'd love to hear them. Please. And, uh, yeah. Give us a follow at 10,000 takes. I'm on Twitter at Minabama. He is on Twitter at 10K Zooch. Highly recommend that you follow for any and all jokes and shitty takes. And with that, good night and good luck. <laughs>